Hello and welcome everybody. Thank you again for joining me on this very special uh, Lyme Boss podcast. I'm Heather Gray, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I know say that 10 times fast. It's a mouthful. Also the <laughs> Lyme Boss. And so today I've got Jody Hudson on here and the founder of the Alex Hudson Lyme Foundation and the author of the Promise to Alex book. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, creating purpose through pain, which I laugh and joke tongue in cheek quite often because it took me two years after being in practice to actually specialize in the lime and mold world because my gosh, have you met lime and mold people? Like <laughs> they're really complex. It can be hard to work with. And it took me a while to do that, but I had a God smack moment where I woke up in the middle of the night and was like, <clears throat> it's time. Like God gave me this gift. I'm now on the other side of this. How can I not be a beacon of light for others out there with Lyme disease? Cause I was kind of playing around with like weight loss and some autoimmune stuff, you know, kind of simpler things. Um, and then, yeah. So the last year I've been diving deep into the Lyme world and creating purpose through pain. Like that is exactly what I did. And I just got off of another uh, podcast saying the same thing. Like I am a completely different person because of what I went through. Thank God. Like, I'm not so sure. Yeah. You wouldn't like me <laughs> before <laughs> because I just wasn't the, the greatest person. I was a bit of a party girl, a lot of childhood trauma. Like, so I, but anywho, without further ado, thank you, Miss Jody, for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I loved what you said about the, the beacon of light, because that's what I really try and talk about is being that light, right? We, we have to be that light because there is so much darkness in the world. So much. So yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit, of, a little bit about yourself, your background. You yeah. are an angel in all senses of the ways. I mean, you just told me what your day job is and that, that takes a special person in itself to do that line of work. I wanted to, and I couldn't because I'm just so sensitive. I'm, I'm yeah. so sensitive. Well, retail was my background and it wasn't until I had children in 93 and 95, my, my son and my daughter, that I switched gears and got involved in the nonprofit field. And so I worked at Catholic Charities for about 13, 15 years, worked at Girl Scouts for a couple of years. And now I have been working with the CASA program in the state of California. We oversee all 44 CASA programs. And it's really come 360 for me because I am a product of foster care. I was born to a single mother who put me up, um, you know, in the, the foster care um, facility. And then I was adopted uh, when I was close to about six, seven months old. So it definitely speaks to my heart. So that is my pain job. That is my day job that pays the bills, right? I feel like we all have those multiple jobs. It's like the thing that you, you do that, you know, does give you, um, liberty to also do other things. And while I love um, what I do with CASA, I am absolutely driven by what I do with the Alex Hudson Lyme Foundation. And that was formed in June of 2018, several months after my only daughter, Alex, at 22 years old, uh, died from Lyme disease. And then if that wasn't enough, if my plate wasn't full enough, I decided, what the heck? You know, it's a pandemic. Everyone's writing books. I'm going to write a book too. <laughs> Awesome. So I did that, self-published it last year in February, and proud to say that um, I've been doing very well with it. I just received um, a national award from the Christian Indie Book Awards this past weekend in the memoir category, and that really speaks um, so much to me because it's a um, religious-based 
faith-based um, award. And I'm just really proud of that. So yeah, that's a, a little bit of what I'm doing. I wish I had a sound machine right now because I would like hit it and like... <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing when you align yourself with, with God and and everything in the universe, what, what happens when you allow yourself to, you know, experience different things and just go along for the the journey and not being afraid to, to say yes to scary things, you know, good does come from it. Absolutely. Can you actually go in a little bit more into your daughter's story and and your uh, background with Lyme and and kind of with all that? Yes. So Alex uh, in fifth grade started developing the typical, you know, joint pain, inflammation, all those things that um, we associate with Lyme disease. However, if one doesn't know about Lyme disease, we don't make the connection. And back in, you know, gosh, that was so 2017, that's probably like, like, let's say 2007, 2008, we weren't really talking about it. And she was an athlete from six, seven years old. She was a star soccer player, pitcher, track, you name it, cheer. She was doing everything. So the doctors just assumed that it was an overworked body from sports. So she would literally like, you know, ace bandage up her knees, her ankles, you know, pop herself with ibuprofen. And that's how she, you know, was able to participate in sports. Um, And then like in sixth grade, I remember it was just getting a lot more severe, but Alex was just so determined to keep playing sports that she she played on through pain. In fact, that year in sixth grade, they normally have a boy and a girl athlete of the year. Well, that year it was three girls, no boys. The boys were silenced. It was three girls and Alex is one of them that was a student athlete of the year. So that's how amazing she was. And just as good as she was in sports, she was a a scholar. She really um, studied hard. Um, her senior year in high school, she actually was um, awarded a full ride scholarship to UCLA. And fortunately, things had just gotten worse in those couple of years in, in high school where she was playing basketball her freshman year um, for Clovis North. And while she was dribbling the ball, she literally collapsed on the basketball court her knees were like swollen to grapefruits and she was escorted off. We took her to a doctor. They did knee surgery on her. Um, and from that point forward, she could never run again. So imagine being in high school and having everything ripped out from you. I mean, kids associate you know, their extracurricular activities with friends. She had no friends. Everything was just gone. So it was really a hard, hard time for her. During that time, she also started developing digestive issues. And so now we have, you know, this very pretty young gal starting to lose weight. And what do you think automatically people are saying? Oh, it's an eating disorder, Mrs. Uh, Right. So nothing was ever talked about again, you know, with Lyme disease. I actually took her to an eating disorder clinic because that's what my doctors were telling me. Right. There was nothing medically wrong with her. It's all in her head. So we did that for about a, a year or two, and she just wasn't getting any better. She um, decided to defer her UCLA scholarship for two years and went to junior college to see if she could get a little bit better. And she wasn't. She was getting worse. Her weight was 
normally around 120. At this time, it was getting down to about 80, 90 pounds oh. on a five foot, five foot six frame. Whoa. We started going in and out of emergency hospital rooms on the weekends. She was having um, throat closure problems. She was um, you know, having heart palpitations. And again, it was stress, it was anxiety. It was, she needs to be put on anti-anxiety medication. And Alex really fought that. And after about 40 some doctors, nobody again asking you know, if she'd been tested for Lyme, Alex on her own found a doctor down at Cedar sinai who thought outside of the box. He was um, a, a gastroenterologist and she said, mom, I really have a good feeling about this doctor. And at that point, I'm like, sure, why not? You know, what's one more doctor? So we packed up the car, went down to LA and sat in this gentleman's office. And within the first 20 minutes, he asked me, Mrs. Hudson, has anybody tested Alex for Lyme disease? And that was in 2017. And I said, excuse me, what is Lyme disease? And no, they haven't. So he tested her for it. And we got the results a couple of weeks later and she tested positive for Lyme disease. So in that moment, Heather, it was like this bittersweet um, moment because we had, we had confirmation that this is not in her head. Like we could rest our hat on something, right? She has a diagnosis now. But then the other part was, what is Lyme disease and how am I supposed to treat my daughter? Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I remember when I got my diagnosis after 28 years of being undiagnosed, two trips to the psych ward for suicide attempts, okay. like all the things. And when I got my diagnosis, I was traveling on I-25 from Denver back to where I lived in Loveland. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. I told you I'm not crazy. And that's, I need to publish my book as well. And that, that's going to be the title. I told you I'm not crazy. The realities mm -hmm. of Lyme disease, because my whole flipping life, I've been told I was crazy and on antipsychotics, antidepressants, mood stabilizers, like the whole nine yards. And it's, I have a passion of wanting to uh, educate more uh, therapists and people in the mental health world, because if somebody in my first suicide attempt when I was 15 would have even, you know, and I was living in Missouri at the time, which is a pretty, you know, Lyme epidemic type of area. If somebody would have just said back then at, at 15, how differently the rest of my life would have been. Right. But right. Yeah. Can't go there. Can't go there. But so, okay. So yeah. So continue. So you've got, yeah, then that's the other thing. So then you get your diagnosis and then you're kind of like, shit, now what, <laughs> you know? So we get the diagnosis, but luckily enough, I had, um, with working with Catholic charities, I had a lot of media contacts because I did fundraising, I did PR. And it's quite ironic that Alex got diagnosed in May, right? May is Lyme Disease Awareness Month. She got diagnosed in May and KC24, an NBC affiliate, had just run a special on Lyme disease and there was three women on there. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I need to contact Casey 24. I've got to find out who these three women are because I need help. I need answers. I need somebody to guide me. And so I, I connected with one of the news anchors there. She gave me the information of these three women and Lonnie Markham was one of the three. And if you know anything about LymeDisease.org and Dorothy's uh, 
organization, Lonnie Markham is their science writer. I mean, the perfect person to be connected with. And her daughter, Savannah, um, and they both are in my book. Her daughter, Savannah, was about Alex's age. She also had Lyme disease. So how beautiful was that, that I had Lonnie and Alex had Savannah. And they literally helped us and guided us through those early months of just, you know, doctors we should see. And, and you know, when you get the test results back because they're so confusing and nobody breaks it down for you, you know, she was able to, to help me break all of that down. But unfortunately, because of 10 years being misdiagnosed, um, Lyme had already wrecked havoc in Alex's body. Her digestive system was shot. She had leaky gut syndrome. She wasn't able to process you know, many foods. She was down already to about five or six safe foods that she could eat. So her body couldn't get a leg up on it with all the different Lyme treatments. I mean, we were going, you know, back and forth to the hospitals, just getting her on supportive IVs, just trying to, you know, get nourishment in her body. And she also developed, which is very common with Lyme patients, um, mast cell activation syndrome. And that's a whole beast in itself. And I talk about that in, in the book as well. So from May of 2017 until she passed away in March of 2018, I spent over $100,000 single mom. I sold cars. I did everything that I could to save my child, but I just couldn't. And, and oh, sorry, go ahead. And um and that's why I wrote this book because I wanted I wanted people to know the journey that we went on and I wanted people to appreciate how amazing Alex was that despite all this pain, all this suffering, that she gave hope to others, even in her last moments. So um, yeah, it's, it's a very powerful, powerful story. I've been choking back tears this whole time because I know how it ends, right? <laughs> it's not very often that I know how it ends. And I've, actually, I've never had anybody on the show that um, has passed away from, from Lyme. And so please forgive my question, but I, I we're trying to bring awareness in all, all oh, absolutely. forms. Um, yeah. and, uh, did she, and did she take her life or did she pass yeah. away from? And, and that's, you know, one of the things that most people, you know, right when Alex, um, had passed away, I didn't realize how common it was for people to take their life from Lyme disease, right? Alex did not take her own life. In fact, she never took one ounce of pain medication with all the suffering that she went through. Um, and, and like I said, uh, you know, in the beginning, she was five, five feet, six, 120 pounds. When she started this journey, when she passed away, she weighed 57 pounds. Yeah. 57 pounds. And not once did she complain. Not once did she ask for even Tylenol. She wanted to be so strong and so present um, in her whole journey to the end. So it, yeah, it just amazed me. And that's why I knew that I had to get this story out and for so many people to be touched by Alex's story throughout the country. I mean, I've sold, you know, about 2,500 books now. I've got over a hundred you know, five-star reviews on Amazon, people are just emailing me, reaching out to me. 
And it just does my heart good that Alex's story continues to live on much longer than, you know, March 24th of 2018. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we're not telling this story to, to, to have people lose hope. That's like, not the point. No, not at all. There is, there is hope. There's, you know, lots of other stories for the stories of Alex. There are other stories like myself that are on the other side, you know, that, that did heal. Um, you know, I didn't have the weight loss problem. I definitely had the pain problem. I remember a massage therapist one time asking me what pain pills I was on. And I looked at her like I was crazy. I'm like, pain pills? Why would I be on pain pills? And she's like, because you are a rock. Like, I can't hardly touch you. How are you not taking anything? I'm like, I don't know. Like, Lyme folks, that's part of the reason why I have Wonder Woman in the background there. Like, it's- Oh, I just realized that right now. Yes, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, the, the, the pain tolerance that we get yeah. is- quite ins- it's 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 insane oh it, it really is and and that's what you know I didn't write the the book for it to be a, a sad story I wrote the book for hope and inspiration and no matter what anyone is dealing with in in their life you know we all have different challenges that we have to overcome and it's really just talking about perseverance and and never never giving up and Alex never did give up I mean she really thought that she was going to beat this and she wanted to start her own nonprofit and be that Lyme warrior. And so that's why the book is appropriately called My Promise to Alex, because I'm doing what she wanted to do, but I know in my heart, we're still doing it together. Yeah. So I'm all choked up. Uh, I know the minute you started talking at the very beginning, I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. But -hmm. it's one that, like I said, it needs to be talked about. We can't just uh, talk about the light all the time. There's also darkness. And then there's what we learn from from both. Right. Yep. Yep. And there's so many people that, you know, in reaching out to me, I've been able to help their children. I've been able to help their, you know, loved ones. Um, You know, I'm saving lives. And that's what Alex wanted to do. I mean, unfortunately, there was a reason and we don't know that, right? It's only up to, to God um, when when we move on, but there was a reason for all this to come together. And, and the fact that through this book, I'm saving lives and bringing that awareness about, it's, it's what she would have wanted. So tell us, what do you do at the Alex Hudson Lyme Foundation? So we started this, like I said, a couple of months after Alex had passed away, and my goal was really to um, raise money for research and then also raise money for Lyme patients, because as we know, you know, insurance doesn't pay crap for any of this stuff. Like I just told you, I spent over $100,000, you know, trying to, to save Alex through different, you know, facilities across the country and through, you know, different treatments. So our whole goal is to raise money. Um, and up till now, we've been able to help over 2025 Lyme patients with um, financial grants. We also partnered with Global Lyme Alliance um, out of New York and did a 50,000 research grant with Alex's name attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the pandemic broke out, we had a T for Alex fundraiser where we raised um, quite a bit of money. And I'm proud to say at our last fundraiser in Fresno, California, we had um, Allie Hilfinger, Tommy Hilfinger's daughter, um, who has Lyme, who had Lyme disease and wrote a book. She came out as one of my keynote speakers. We also had Olivia and Holiday Goodrow with the Live Lyme Foundation. Um, so the beauty of all of this is 
the camaraderie, the collaborations. Um, I've been to other Lyme organizations events. They've been to mine. We all work together. Um, Holiday Goodrow especially has been so incredibly kind and generous um, to me and to the foundation. And she um, co-chaired the Tick-Borne Disease Working Group um, uh, report that they spent two years on. It was just submitted to Congress a couple months ago. And I'm proud to say that Alex's story was included in that. So Alex will have you know, a permanent place in Washington, DC, uh, you know, with her story. So it's amazing how her legacy just goes on and on. And that's what I try and do through the Alex Hudson Lyme Foundation to make sure I am building that lasting legacy, but that I'm also paying it forward and, and helping others. All the proceeds from my book go right back to the foundation. I'm, I don't make a, a dime off of it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm doing in honor of my daughter. That's incredible. Yeah. Holiday is amazing. She lives about an hour away from where I'm at and actually was at a fun at her place and met her about seven, eight, nine months ago. She had the bachelor there and yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Actually. Um, I was supposed to be there. I'm going there in May for another event and we'll um, talk later offline about that, but yes, she is a very important uh, person in my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I was so impressed and so impressed with listening to Olivia's story and like everything that they're doing there. Absolutely incredible. You know, and that's, what's fascinating because, you know, like most diseases they're, they don't know party lines. They know, no social status. They know, you know, it's, it all becomes, you all become one in this fight against this common monster. Right. I think that's the beautiful thing about sadness like this and being, bringing people together that normally wouldn't come together right and it's funny that i didn't realize that you're in colorado do you know dr jill carnahan i do actually she'll be on my podcast in a couple weeks i just ran into her at another conference a couple weeks ago so she's um there's a whole chapter in my book um uh about dr jill and the visit that alex and i had with her and it was um a beautiful beautiful um visit in fact, it touched Dr. Jill so much that we are included in her new book now that just came out. Nice. Yes, oh. I just bought that. It's a beautiful book. Um, yeah. so, oh, all coming full circle. Yeah. Right. Isn't that crazy? Great minds too, you know, and if you're in this world because you have a passion for it. And, and you know, and it's great that there are these kind of foundations because I'm torn as a practitioner right of of wanting to lower my 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 costs so little right because i want to help everybody but at the same time you know i've spent tens of thousands of dollars on my health journey and now my education and so it's this really funny awkward weird place to be sometimes when it comes to financial stuff and so um, i think it's awesome that there are um, you know, foundations out there like yourself that are helping people out with these costs. Because at the end of the day, I do believe that the practitioners deserve to get paid, right? What they need to get paid. Like, absolutely. It's it's heartbreaking. I, if I was independently wealthy, I would absolutely be doing this work for, for, for free. You know, I'd be a part of a nonprofit and, and that would be the help, but that's not, that's not my, especially after spending tens of thousands of dollars on my own health journey. Like, um, but so it's great that people can get help. What kind of, so like live, um, oh, where's yeah. The live, 
they mostly uh, help with children's expenses. So is, are yours around children or adults or what's the parameters around? Mine is, mine is no age limit. Yes. I mean, uh, I go through a whole grant process and uh, like I said, award a couple of uh, grants uh, a year. Unfortunately, you know, this pandemic has really created havoc with a lot of these, um, you know, smaller foundations like mine. Um, I haven't had a chance to resurrect the T for Alex fundraiser yet. So really, you know, my main um, emphasis has just been on this book and I've been doing a lot of speaking. I um, have been doing a lot of women's conferences. I've also been doing a lot of medical conferences. So when I do get paid for that, I mean, it all goes, you know, back into the, into the book and into the foundation. And that's really how I've been able to, you know, provide um, financial grants to Lyme patients, but hopefully um, I'll be able to start resurrecting the, the fundraisers again soon. That's so amazing. I, I actually am getting paid and flown out to Sacramento this weekend to do my first speaking gig at a, at a Lyme documentary premiere. So yeah, yes. super excited to get started on the, that part of my journey. Like that's yeah. education and the inspiration part of it is really what you know, fuels me. So I'm yeah. super excited to meet a like-minded and it's funny. I I've been taking a certain percentage like tithing right out of, out of what I make. And I've set it aside for charity. And I was noticing today that I had a little bit saved up, but I'm like, Ooh, I wonder which charity I'm going to give this to. So after we get off here, I'm going to, I'm, I know where this one's going. So I'm, I'm super excited yeah. about it. Thank you. Yes. And, and I know where you're going in Sacramento and Melissa's wonderful. And yeah, um, yeah. 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 So excited. so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I've seen the documentary too. I'm talking about uh, the quiet epidemic, you know, phenomenal. Yeah. I really am enjoying the newer documentaries that have come out, like um, the monster inside me, like yeah. that was so well done. And I actually got up and cheered at the end because she talked about her relapse because she went back to eating the old way and went back to living the old lifestyle. So many Lyme patients are kind of like cancer patients. They just want to like focus on, on the treatment, focus on the treatment. And that's like one of the educational things that I'm constantly putting out there is like you, there's so much more to it and you can't just focus on treatment. And I love that she brought that out in that documentary. And I love the different pieces that the quiet epidemic is brought out. So they're not as scary as like the, the first one was, uh, the, oh, geez, under our Oh, under, yes. under. Remember that one? Like I thought that was a death sentence. Like I had gotten diagnosed and watched that one. And that one decimated me to where the newer ones that are coming out. Yes. They talk about some of the scarier dark side, but they also bring a lot of hope. So yes. I I remember when Alex got her diagnosis and we started watching that under the skin or under our skin, whatever I had to turn it off. It was horrible. It was horrifying. Yeah. 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 My kid was like nine at the time and I'm like uncontrollably ugly bawling and she's bawling. And I I was a mess. It was such, that was bad, but these ones these days I find are more, a lot more educational and inspiring and not as deep and heavy. Right. And you know, Heather, that's really something that I I try and talk on um, too, when I'm doing different speeches and, and, you know, doing podcasts like this, we have to be so careful with one's um, emotional and and mental state. Like I remember when Alex was first diagnosed and she went on Facebook, there's so many different support groups out there and some are really good, but other ones, I mean, it's a slippery slope, right? And you can just go dark very fast. 
So I always, you know, encourage people just, you know, stay above all of that, really make sure you're in a good, you know, headspace, the gratitude books, all that stuff, even when you're going through such a horrific, um, you know, Lyme treatment, there's always something we can be positive about. And I really believe that whole positive mindset can also help one heal. 110% and having a strong faith. I do bioenergetic work with folks and it is amazing that the people I run scans on that have a strong faith, I can see the difference in their scans to people who do not. And it's um, it amazes me every single time of every time I look up at a scan, I'm like, wow, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I, and I know it has a lot to do with their faith. And um, I mean, it's, it's a huge part because sometimes this gets so bad that it can be really hard to even find one thing that you're grateful for. Right. And then that's when you have to lean on, on your faith and your belief of. So the cover of my, my book has a bluebird on there. And that bluebird, that bluebird, it was very significant. So talking about faith, I mean, Alex, um, so much was taken away from her, but she could still read. I mean, she read like a a book a day. I remember going to Barnes and Nobles on the weekends and I would have a list and God bless those sales clerks. They would help me and they knew (laughs) Alex, right. And they would help me find like new books for her. And then of course we'd always go into the religious section, but she devoured, um, so, so many books. And of course, you know, the Bible was, was her favorite, but every day at three o'clock, this bluebird would appear outside in the courtyard in our fountain. And I noticed it a couple of days in a row. And like on the fourth day, I, I went into Alex's room, my master bedroom, that's where she was staying. And I said, Alex, did you notice that bluebird that comes to the fountain there? She goes, yeah, she goes, it comes every day at three o'clock. And I'm thinking, wow, that's so uncanny and strange. I said, what do you make of that? She goes, well, mom, she goes, you know, three o'clock, that's when Jesus died. And she said, and I know that when I see that blue bird, it reminds me of him, but it also reminds me that, you know, God is still watching out for me and that every day I can see that blue bird. I know that I'm going to be here another day. And it was like this beautiful little you know, relationship that was being extended into this bluebird that she had with God. And it was like the visual things that we need to look for. And that's what I was saying earlier about the gratitude and looking for those little things. And if Alex hadn't been so cognizant of looking outside, she would have missed that bluebird. And how many times do we see things and we just are so busy in our every day to day that, you know, God really like has to hit you upside the head and go, Heather, I'm trying to give you a sign here, right? And so when she was getting near, you know, towards the end, I said, okay, Alex, I go, you know, I have to have this bond with you still, like this mother-daughter bond that has always been so strong. I said, you know, I know I'm gonna, you know, miss you and I'm gonna have to talk to you. Like, give me, like, what's the sign gonna be? And we were kind of giggling, going back and forth. And she's like, mom, the bluebird. I'm like, duh, the bluebird. (laughs) And I swear I see bluebirds all the time. After Alex passed, I had my girlfriends calling me up saying, Jody, I haven't seen a bluebird in like years here in my backyard. And there's a bluebird outside of my window. So it's beautiful how she has just made sure that she is still reaching out to everybody and connecting with everybody and letting people know she's still here. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. I know it just, it takes people, um, you know, it, it's a beautiful story and it's a sad story. It's a happy story. It's everything all in between. So I hope you have waterproof mascara on it. <laughs> I do not wear waterproof mascara because usually that's full of chemicals. I know. It's waterproof. So no, absolutely not. Um, that would be against uh, who I am as a person, but um, it's, it's okay. I can, I can look like Alice Cooper and I can ugly cry and it's, I don't, it's all good. No, you look, you look beautiful, but <laughs> I just, I just had to, to share that because everyone's like, you know, the, the cover is so interesting. So this is actually like my fountain that was in the courtyard, I picked a picture of it. And then with the, the bluebird. So that is absolutely beautiful. So, um, Jody, I can't even say thank you enough. And I'm just so blessed and honored to know you and know your story and, um, continue to share your daughter's spirit and, and, you know, that her story doesn't die with her and that there is, there is hope out there. And, um, where can people find out more information and, and give yeah. to the foundation yeah. and find your book? Yeah. And then this is the, the shameless plug yeah. time. The shameless this. plug time. So um, first of all, I would love for people to go to the website. It's www.alexhudsonlimefoundation.org. It has wonderful resources on there. It has links to, you know, um, preventive measures with Lyme disease. It has just so much great information on there. It also has the link, the Amazon link to the book, My Promise to Alex. And um, I really encourage, you know, anybody listening to this to really um, pick up a copy. You know, Mother's Day is right around the corner. It's a beautiful mother-daughter relationship story. It touches a little bit on my um, upbringing. Uh, it, you know, obviously touches on my relationship with Alex. And then it just, um, you know, gives people that hope and inspiration, no matter what they're going through that, um, you know what, you, you, you can do it. You can persevere um, and you don't need to be labeled and defined by that. Like I didn't, I don't want to be labeled as the grief girl, right? I wanted to bring people joy and I hope that that's what I'm able to do and, you know, telling Alex's story and sharing her faith journey and my faith journey, there's still joy amidst all of the, um, you know, grief and sadness that goes on in our lives. And you just have to keep, keep looking for the joy. Absolutely. Amen. Couldn't have said it better than myself. Again, thank you so much for joining us and everybody uh, make sure to have a healthy day and go check out the Alex Hudson Lyme foundation.org. Give what you can get the book and get inspired and get educated. Thanks again. Thank you, Heather.